this morning. Happy Resurrection Day. How many of you know that Easter causes everything to change? Easter changed everything. And I'm thankful that it did. Amen. You know, because when I was raised up in church, we always were taught that if you want to receive from God, you better be good. God was about the same as Santa Claus. If you've been naughty or nice, you get on the good side. If you don't, you get a bucket of coal. I thought, well, if that's the case, just call me coal man because. But how many know that is not true? The gospel, the good news is that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to every I be dotted, every T crossed. And your life to be perfect to receive the goodness of God. The old covenant, all of the, the promises were conditional. People used to, I hear people say, boy, I wish I lived back in that day. Not me. I mean, back in that day, you had to be perfect. People talk about the commandments. They think there's just the Ten Commandments. In the Jewish culture, there's over 600 commandments. Over 600. And if you wanted to be righteous, if you wanted to be holy, if you wanted to be close to God, you had to keep them all. I would dare say all of us today are breaking one of the laws by just what you're wearing. (laughs) If you have any clothing that's a mixture of like polyester or cotton or anything that's mixed, you broke the law. You bunch of lawbreakers. (laughs) I love you anyway. And guess what? The good news is your heavenly father does too. Because you don't have to keep the, we get the same blessings and then some in the old covenant, but the conditions are different. Oh, I'm thankful they're different. In the old covenant, you had to do everything that the law said to get the blessing. In the new covenant, you have to believe upon Jesus. It is so easy to, you know, in 1 Corinthians it says all of the promises are yes and amen. It doesn't say yes and amen and if you do this and this and this and this and this. Because I was raised in church, they were yes and amen and, 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 and. Did you read your Bible this week? No, you're done. Did you happen to say a cuss word? Yep, you could be going to hell. It's it's no wonder that people stayed away from church by the thousands. (laughs) It's no wonder people stay away from church today by the thousands because they still have that mentality that I have to do good to be able to go to church. I have to be, you know, just really, really nice to be accepted. That is called religion. Religion is man's way to get to God and to get into favor with God. God is all about relationship. He's not in having all of Did you know some people think that God created people so he could have somebody to love? I mean, so we could love him. Did you know God created us because he wanted to love you? Amen. For God so Love the world. You're created today because God loves you. 
He loved you even before you gave your life to him or believed in him. He loved you. Romans 5, 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us while we were still sinners. Christ died for you. He did that before you even believed on him. He loved you and did all of the good things for you before you even could do good. And so it's remarkable how that in the old covenant, you know, the focus was all upon you. You had to do this, and you had to do that, and you had to do, and you, and you, and you. And you always fell short. In the new covenant, we have Jesus. We have him. He did, he did, he did, he did, and he did everything perfect without sin. He did it all. And the focus is on Jesus. Anytime, listen to me, anytime the focus is on you, you will always miss it and you will always come short and you will always feel guilty and condemned. So what? You know, it's amazing that the whole world is filled with, all the churches are filled with people today. And a lot of them will feel guilty and condemned. Do you know when you give your life to the Lord, when you believe in Jesus, from that day forward, are you ready for this? You should never feel guilty or condemned. Yeah, I know people get stuck right there. Go, <laughs> Romans chapter 8 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation. None. How can there be no condemnation? Because you know and I know we'll probably mess up before 5 o'clock today. Okay, that was way optimistic. But before 2 o'clock today. Okay, 11.30. You'll still be in church. But anyway, you'll, you'll probably mess up. So how in the world can I not feel condemned, Pastor? Because I'm going to mess up. I'm going to sin. I'm going to. How can that be? Because God is not basing his relationship upon you. He's basing the relationship that he has with you based upon Jesus. That is just good news. Oh, hallelujah. Because, you know, everything in this planet is based upon performance. You do well at your job, you'll get promoted. Most of the time, if you just show up for work, you'll get promoted. There's a lot of people just twice a week, they don't show up, and they go, well, I just don't feel like it. And unfortunately, the next week, the boss won't feel like paying you. So it's based upon performance. Kids in school, you do well in school, you will get A's and B's, possibly C's. You do poor in school, you get D's and F's. It's based upon your performance. Everything in this plan is based upon your performance. And in the old covenant, everything is based upon performance and, and the relationship with God. The good news is, when Jesus comes on the scene, it's no longer based upon performance. It's based upon Jesus and his performance. It's his performance that God is concerned about. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The performance was all upon Jesus. The weight of the world was upon his shoulders. In the old covenant, the weight of the world was upon your shoulders. But in the new covenant, everything changed because of Easter. Everything has changed. Romans 10, 9 says that if you confess with your mouth, Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So based upon this, the changed outlook is said to come with an experience of salvation. If you want your whole outlook to change, then this is the scripture that will change your whole outlook. I'm so glad it didn't say, well, if you want your whole outlook to be changed, believe upon Jesus, fast for 40 days, climb up Pikes Peak and, and, and do all of these. I just lost 99% of you right there. Climb up Pikes Peak and, and just worship the Lord God because he is the God of the mountain. Just worship him on the mountain. And, and then just list after list after list after list. It says something so effortless. Believe that Jesus, believe upon him. Confess with your mouth. That is an easy thing to do. It takes no effort on your part. It took all the effort on Jesus, his part. We need to believe that what Jesus accomplished for us in every area of our life, whether it's health, whether it's Prosperity, meeting your need, victory in your life. We, we need to believe that all came about because of the resurrection. You see, a lot of people, let me just say this. If you still have the mentality that you have to perform, that you have to do what is right and you do it. And listen to me, don't, in case people don't know me and they think that I'm saying it's okay to sin. No. Sin hurts you. But the sin is the punishment itself. You have an affair with your, uh, off your spouse and you're probably not going to be staying married. You break into a store and rob, you're going to go to jail. So sin has repercussions. But God, listen to me, he is not basing whether or not you are accepted by him based upon your performance. not feeling much love today and it's Easter <laughs> why do you how can I say that Romans chapter 5 verse 19 I've always thought that I was a sinner because I sinned I was pretty good at it I was a sinner because I sinned that's not true this scripture says difference because one person disobeyed God. Who was that one person? Adam, that rascal. God helped me out on that. I said, you know, when I get to heaven, I may just slap the snot right out of him, then tell him I love him. But anyway, and God says, oh, really? Do you, do you think you went in a sin? Okay, Adam's not such a bad guy. Anyway, because one person disobeyed God, that was Adam. Because Adam disobeyed, many became sinners how did you become a sinner by being born 
just by being born, and you had no choice of the matter. If you were born at St. Mary or Parkview, you're from Colorado. You had no choice in the matter. You may say, I'm, I'm a Kentuckian because I was born in Kentucky. Now, look, your birth certificate? No, you're from Colorado. You don't get to choose what state. It's by birth. You didn't get to choose the status of your spirituality. You were born into it. And what, would you bo- what was you born into? Sin. Why are you a sinner? Because you were born into it. If you do good and try to just live right, are you going to be holy? No, you're still going to be a sinner because of your birth. How do you get out of that from being a sinner? But because of one other person obeyed God. Who's that? Jesus. Many will be made righteous. Are you righteous because you do righteous works and do holy works? You're righteous because you were born into it, born again. That is set you free. That will set you free. I'm a sinner because I was born into it. I'm righteous because I was born again. And I was born again by believing upon Jesus in Romans chapter 10. So it's just good to know that because in this earth everything is based upon performance, and we take that same mentality with our Heavenly Father. If I perform well, I'm accepted. If I don't perform well, I'm not as close to God. That's what religion will tell you. But God's love for you is the same. Listen, if He loved you before you were even born again, why? It's funny how, you know, oh, God loves you. Just, you know, He loved you before you gave you. And then we get born again, and if we mess up or we sin, you know, God is going to strike you. Yeah, you're sick because you sin, and you're this because of that, and you're they, and you know, God is just going to wipe you. You're going to be a greasy spot. <laughs> Honey, if that was true, why did, that should have happened way back then, because he loved us before we did any of that. Do you think his love's going to change after we believe upon his son? No, it does not. And some people think this. Well, you know, Pastor, I just don't feel like I deserve that. I don't deserve this. Do, does anybody really think that they deserve salvation, first of all? You know, some people think, I don't deserve to be healed. I don't deserve to live in a nice house. I don't deserve to drive a nice car. We can get you a horse and buggy. But, you know, I just don't deserve a lot of things. You know, I just don't feel like I deserve it, you know, because I, I don't do everything right, and I just don't feel like I deserve it. This is what, this is just, you'll be glad you came to church today. God does not bless me, and he does not bless you because you deserve it. He didn't give you salvation because you deserve it. That's right. Some people think he's a really good man. He deserves to be saved. God died for everybody. The worst sinner, the worst kill. I mean, he died for Hitler. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. The worst sinner you could possibly think. That's pretty high on my list. He died for him. He died for him. Matter of fact, he died for all of the sins of all of the, from Adam all the way to the last person. He died for all of them. 
And so does anybody deserve salvation? No one does. Can anybody receive salvation? Everyone can. Why? Because of Jesus. But listen to me. That's where we stop in our mentality. And if you stop with that kind of mentality in relationship with God, your relationship with him is still going to be in the tomb. If it's based upon performance from the cross to the tomb, and there's no revelation of resurrection in your life, your relationship with him will still be in the tomb. Because your works are dead, according to God. There's a lot of religious people working, 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 and all of those religious works are dead to him. That was my dance Kentucky jig right there. We believe in dancing in church. Why does God bless me then? He doesn't give his blessings and his promises to you and to me based upon you. It's because Jesus deserves it. Ooh, that's good news. And I get him because I'm in him. I believe in him. Therefore, I deserve it. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he has done. Everything at Easter causes everything to change because of Jesus. It's no longer the old covenant. You have to. You should have. You must have. You're done. It's based upon Jesus should have, he did, I receive. Woo! (laughs) That's good news. It's called the gospel, by the way. It's called the gospel. It's not based upon what I do. It's based upon what I believe. What did Jesus do for me? I believe he paid for all of my sin. Past, present, and future, he paid for them all. He paid for all of your sins. What else do you do? The Bible says that by his stripes, you were healed. Health. What else did he do? My God meets all of my need according to his riches and glory. Provision. Well, you say, Pastor, you're saying all of that, but I ain't receiving none of it, let me tell you. None. You understand? None. Well, this is the problem. It's not because Jesus is withholding. You know, when I've... When I was just really getting close to God, I was a beggar, man. I'm begging, God, I'm just begging, pour out your spirit. Just put it. (laughs) Nothing. Silence. (laughs) Jesus has already done everything 2,000 years ago. All of the blessings have already been poured out. All of the healing, all of the provision, all of the finances... It was all taken care of 2,000 years ago. So why isn't the church receiving it? Because God has paid the price. Why aren't we receiving it? Well, one thing, in Revelation, during communion, we read that you overcome, you overcome. You know, to overcome something, that means something has to be stopping or there has to be an obstacle. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb. The majority of Christians don't even believe that they're righteous. If I go up to some Christians, I say, you're the righteousness of God. Oh, no, you just don't know me. (laughs) I thought you gave your life to Jesus. Oh, I did, but I'm not righteous. Well, you do understand if you're not righteous, that means you're lost, going to hell. So you want to claim that or what? You want to change the way you think? You are righteous. 
And it's not based upon what you do. It's based upon what he did. So you have to change your mentality. Because guess what? Do you realize that the Bible teaches that sickness should never and can never go to on a person who's righteous? Do you ever wonder why Jesus never had to rebuke sickness and take authority over sickness on his own life? People say, oh, he's the son of God, that's why. Yeah, but the Bible says in Philippians that he emptied himself and became a man. So he was around germified people. He touched people with leprosy. You know, and people say, unclean, unclean. He laid his hands on him. Everybody goes, <gasps> he's got leprosy. You touched him. You're going to get it. <laughs> Did he ever get it? He didn't even get a cold. Why? Tell me why. I want to tell you why. Sickness cannot come on a righteous person. It's illegal. You say, well, if I'm righteous, I've been getting sick. So what's up with that? I didn't say it didn't come. You have to know who you are in Christ to say you have no right coming upon my body. And it's not based upon what I did. Because, you know, I used to think that if I did something wrong and I got sick, well, I know why I got sick. Because I did, you know, I got mad at my wife, and so I got sick. That's why. And the devil go and go, amen, brother. <laughs> you say, well, man, this is just hard for me to swallow. This is hard for me. Listen, it's a lot to swallow how good Jesus is, how good your heavenly father God is. It is a lot. Most people can't even comprehend it. And if you've been raised in religion, it's just going to go cross. It's like hitting a T-bone truck right getting hit by a t-bone getting having a wreck <laughs> for some reason i had t-bone and I kept thinking of steak but anyway having a wreck an accident <laughs> if you're a new to our church i'm from kentucky but anyway having an accident I, I, it's just hard for me to wrap my arms around it listen it's hard to wrap our hands around are you telling me that even if I do wrong, Jesus and my heavenly father still see me as righteous and good and perfect before his eyes. Yes, that's what I'm saying today. God sees you as accepted and beloved and perfect before him. Why? Because he's always looking at your life. Why did Jesus take his blood after his resurrection? He told him, hey, don't touch me because I got to go to my father. Why, why, why do you have to go to heaven to his father? He's taking the blood that he was shed on this earth, and there is a temple in heaven, just like the temple that God had Moses and Solomon build. There's a temple in heaven, and there's a mercy seat up there. He poured his blood out upon this mercy seat. You know what? For you and me, you know why? Because when your heavenly father, God, he's not just God, he's daddy. When he looks at you, he doesn't look at you based upon just your natural everyday life he looks at you and me through the through the mercy seat the blood you ever just put on rose colored glasses red glasses everything looks red everything looks rose you may think you have those rose colored glasses on now because I'm kind of a reddish type guy but that's that's just who I am but anyway that was a joke you can laugh at our church it's all right even if it's a bad one but this is the thing god looks at your life and my life through the mercy seat, through the blood 
of Jesus Christ. So what does he see when he looks at you and me through the blood? Righteous. He sees you as righteous. He sees you as his child. He sees you the same that he sees Jesus. That makes a lot of religious people want to say, if somebody's like that in here, they may pass out any minute. That is nearly too good to be true news. He loves you as much as he loved Jesus. He sees you like he sees Jesus. And because of that, he can put all of the blessings in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. It says all of the promises, all of the promises of God are yes and amen. Why? To everybody, they're yes and amen. Why? Because he sees you as Jesus. Because Easter changed everything. Not just the cross, but the resurrection. Paul said, I was crucified with him. I was buried with him. But we have to have a revelation that we were raised with him. Why? Why? Because like I said, if somebody robbed a store and they said, you're going to get five years in prison. And you went to the judge and somebody says, I'm going to take your place. I'm going to be your substitute. And they went to prison for you. How would you know that it was paid in full? After years later, you see him walk on the street, you go, Joe, you, you're out, you're free. What would I know if I saw him out? He paid for it. He paid for it. How do I know that Jesus paid all of my debt, paid full and clear, stamp, paid in full. How do I know he paid it in full? The resurrection. If he didn't pay for it, he would still have to be in the center of the earth paying for my debt. But obviously he paid for everybody's debt, paid it in full because he was raised from the dead. That's why you need to know about the resurrection. Amen. Not only did he was raised by God, from the dead, the Bible says he was raised and he's seated at the right hand of God. He was seated. He sat down. What's the symbol or symbolic about sitting? Rest. That is the job is done. The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So the mentality of having a resurrection mentality is that I'm resting anything that I do to be accepted by God, to have favor by God, to be blessed by God. I'm resting. I'm no longer performing. I am resting. Why? Because it's already been done. Amen. That is good news. That's great news. That's so good a news that you just say it's gooder than gooder. But what the enemy tells the church is that you got to keep working for it. You're almost there, by the way, but not quite. But just keep pressing in. You know, you hear people say, we're just pressing in. Sounds religious. It's because it is. And we're just pressing in. Pressing in for what? You know, to, you know, just to get the blessing of God. Why? You know, because we're pressing in. You got to press in to get the blessing of God. 
You got to press. For what reason? Jesus is rested, seated at the right hand of the Father God. We are seated with him in heavenly places. The problem is we still have a cross and tomb mentality. Got to bear my cross. Got to drag my cross in life. This is just my cross that I have to bear in life. What's that? You know, just being, having a hard life. It's just my cross to bear. Well, did you know Jesus bore that for you? You do know that. He bore the cross for you. Everything was taken care of on the cross and in the grave and in the resurrection. We have a resurrection mentality, which means he paid for it all. Let me read um, another scripture real quick. Romans 6.3. This is a message translation. Didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism when we went under the water and left the old country of sin behind. When we come out of the water, we entered into a new country of grace. Everybody say grace. grace. A new life in a new land. That's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it's like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Everybody's still trying to live into the old law country, and God says, that died. But you were resurrected into the grace country. Having resurrection life. Uh, this is Romans chapter 6, verse 1 through 11. This is the Passion Translation. So what do we do then? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? In the King James verse, Paul was preaching, and he was preaching grace. He was preaching what I'm preaching, that your, your acceptance to God is not based upon whether or not you sin or not. It's just believing upon the Lord. And so they got, so you're saying I can just keep on sinning? Listen, if you're not asking that question, you haven't heard the message of grace. <laughs> because they did in that same chapter three times, they asked Paul, are you telling me I can just keep sinning and everything's okay? He said, God forbid. No. But it does sound like that. But what does he say? Do we persist in sin so that God's kindness and grace will increase? What a terrible thought. We have died to sin once and for all as a dead man passes away from this life. So how could we live under sin's rule a moment longer? Or have you forgotten that all of us who were immersed into union with Jesus, the anointed one, were immersed into union with his death? So all of us died. Sharing in his death by our baptism means that we were co-buried and entombed with him. So that when the Father's glory raised Christ from the dead, we were also raised with him. So resurrection, Easter, means not that Jesus was raised, but we were raised. Hallelujah. We have been co-resurrected with him so that we could be empowered to express an entirely new life. But if you don't know that, you're not going to expect that. And if you don't expect that, it's not going to happen. You'll just be a sinner saved by grace, just barely getting along, living on Grumble Alley. 
Yeah, this life, yeah, you look at stinking life. We do live in Pueblo, you know. If you haven't been coming to that church, you know how sarcastic that was. We're changing Pueblo, by the way. God is changing Pueblo. It's a blessed city. If you're new to our city, that's great. If you live someplace else, we feel sorry for you. But anyway, if, for if we, I'm kidding, a little. For if we are permanently grafted into him to experience a death like this, then we are permanently, you're what? Permanently grafted into him to experience a resurrection like his in the new life that it imparts. When you give your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are permanently placed and grafted in him for the rest of your life. Not only the rest of your life, throughout all eternity. And his life now is placed inside of you. But listen, if you don't know that, you're not going to expect it. And it's not going to happen, even though it's been paid for. That'd be like me going right now and going to Cactus Flower and said, I'm paying for everybody's lunch today. If they say they're from Rocky Mountain Family Church, it's paid for. This is an illustration. <laughs> and some of you got big eyed on me. I've been preaching the gospel all day and you're just sitting there. And I said that and you went, Help me, Jesus. Anyway, if I said it's paid for, free lunch. <laughs> yeah, free lunch. Gospel's free, but free lunch, hey, I'm in. Anyway, if you go there and didn't know that, you would try to pay for it and would pay for it. That's the way it is with churches all around the world. God said, that's paid for. Your sin, it's paid for. Your healing, it's paid for. Your finances, struggling, poverty, it's been paid for. Your shame, guilt, condemnation, it's paid for. Everything in life. Peter said it this way. God has provided all things, all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Everything you need and everything you need spiritually has been paid for by Jesus. By him. Drop down a little bit further. It says, obviously a dead person is incapable of sinning. And if you do know that, dead people don't sin. Do I need to draw a picture of that? Do you, you all understand that? Because according to God, your, de- your old man, your old nature is dead. And if we were co- co-crucified with the anointed one, we know that we will also share in the fullness of his life. The fullness of the life of Jesus is in each and every one of us this morning. Problem is, you have to renew your mind to it. You have to know, I am righteous. I am righteous because of the death, burial, and resurrection. Three days of Jesus being in the heart of earth changed everything. And I know people say, you know, what about that Good Friday thing? Friday night to Saturday, Saturday night to Sunday. Friday night to Saturday, Saturday to Sunday. I don't care how many times you do that, you come up with two. So what in the world is that? This is just a side note. 
Religion has got it wrong. Jesus wasn't crucified on Friday, Good Friday. I'm, this is just a side note. If religion got that wrong, I wonder what else they got wrong. Just a thought. This is why, because they said the Sabbath was coming. And everybody knows on the Sabbath, for the Jewish, that's on Saturday. But they don't know this. There were two Sabbaths involved. In the Jewish culture, when they would have a high feast day, like Passover is a feast day. Nisan the 14th on the Jewish calendar, that's a high feast day. Right after that is the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which is a holy day where you don't do any works. That was called a high Sabbath day as well. So there were two Sabbaths involved. And everybody just assumed, the religious people, that he was talking about the regular Jewish Sabbath. It was not. That's why Jesus wasn't crucified on Friday. That's not part of the message, but I thought you'd like to know. that. And don't go up to people if they're celebrating Good Friday. You know it's not Good Friday. That's not why I gave you that information. My pastor said it's that, so just cut it out. That's not to bring about division. It's just... Uh, Information doesn't change salvation at all. But my point is this. I'm just saying, if we were taught that, what else were we taught that possibly could be made wrong or was wrong? You know and I know what we were taught. And some of the things that I taught, I'll tell you this. I'll even be transparent. 20 years ago, I taught some things that I do not believe today. 20 years ago. I was more of a performance preacher 20 years ago you do this and God will bless you I think back of that and I just pray Lord all of those cassette tapes let them be burned <laughs> when they stick it in the recorder get it all tangled up mine used to do that anyway so it's not too much faith to do that but you know and this is the thing I felt really bad because I thought man Lord I, I preached that he goes yeah I know I said, man, I got real condemned and convicted and felt like mud. I wanted to be like one of the Old Testament people, put on sackcloth and ashes. I want thought about it, but I didn't. And this is what my heavenly father, he loves us so much. He said, Mike, you didn't know. You didn't know. But now you do. And there's some things that you don't know, but you will. Isn't God good? You, I don't have it all. You don't have it all. But we have a heavenly father who placed Jesus inside of us who has it all. He has his act together. He has everything together. And he lives inside of me and you. Easter changed everything. Do you believe in the resurrection? Do you believe you were raised with him? Do you believe he was seated at the right hand of the Heavenly Father? Do you believe that Jesus said, you are seated in Christ Jesus in heavenly places? So we need to rest. Rest in what? Not rest like apathy, I'm not going to do anything, but rest in the fact and believe that Jesus did it for me. Jesus did it for me. God is looking at my life and I deserve it, not based upon me, but because of Jesus. That's good news. That's what the gospel is all about. The gospel, the good news, is about focusing on Jesus and not focusing on you. 
Because if you focus on him, it will cause you to think differently. If you think differently, you will live differently. But the church is, we want everybody to live differently and we focused out here and trying to change life from out here. Well, you need to do, here's the things you need to do. And here's the things you should not be doing. And it goes from here to Chicago. And you do this and do this and don't do this and don't do this. And so if, we're, if you do that, where's the focus going to be? On moi. Is that French? It's going to be on you. Where's the focus when it comes to serving God, believing God, walking with God? Where does the Bible teach us that our focus should be? Jesus! So the church wants that focus to be on us, and but God says the focus should be on him because if the focus is on him, it will change and transform your life. You'll live different. You'll believe different. You'll have greater victory in every area of your life if the focus is on him. Amen. Woo! That was worth coming to church for. Amen? Amen? Everybody say, my focus is going to change. It's going to be on him, on Jesus, the perfect one. The Messiah, my Savior, my Lord, who lives great in me. Let's stand.